0: This week on the train wreck, it's time to not be nice. So that happened. Stupid people are stupid. And started with the crazy. Now we're here. <laughs> hey, you sick twisted freaks, it's Rolly. In 1968, after the Congress passed a bill that was, in the words of late ABC anchor Frank Reynolds, emasculated, Linda Baines Johnson asked, and I'm going to paraphrase this, how much more anguish must America endure? Now, before we go down the gun control rabbit hole, trust me, we'll have time for that later on, I'm focusing on the quote. That quote and another one that I'm sure you'll know because it's Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. I want you to be nice until it's time to
1: not be nice. I really find
0: it hard not to be nice anymore. Here's another quote for you, Keanu Reeves. I'm at that stage where I stay out of discussions. Even if you say one plus one equals five, you're right, have fun. There's something in me at my stage of life that I want to either be kind or be silent. I've said that before. I I want to get rid of all the drama. I want to go live on the beach somewhere, toes in the surf, sand in my ass. No, that's the other way around. Ass in the sand, right? Actually, both is true.
1: And I just want to just be. But I can't because I find myself at the point where we need to ask again how much more anguish Can we endure? I think it's time to
0: not be nice. It's time that we disagree with the people that think one plus one equals five and tell them to have fun. All the fivers believe that there's an objective reality where this is true, and they have people in the alternative and mainstream media that pander to their fiviness. And they have politicians that lock in on this fivedom and run on it. They post fivest memes on social media to own the twos. And frankly, I've had my fill of fives. It is time to insist that one plus
1: one equals two. Firmly,
0: it's time to not be nice. It's not time to reason with the fivers that ask, hey, well, well, what about the threes? You don't mind the people that think one plus one equals three. It's not time to justify a two who said something nice or maybe even something atrocious about the fives years ago. It is not time to deal with the fives of bad faith who scream, why won't you debate me? You, a two, why won't you debate me?
1: It's time to insist that one plus one equals two. Firmly.
0: It's time to not be nice. Now, fives did not appear suddenly out of thin air. They weren't created in a vacuum, they weren't grown in a vat of ooze. They're people who, in a lot of cases, they hopped on board the train much later. It's kind of like going clear, and then they tell you about Xenu and the space DC-10s flying thetans into volcanoes. It...
1: And you, a two,
0: look at these folks and you ask, how in the hell do you believe that? Because that's crazy talk. Well, that's easy. One plus one didn't equal five originally. You see, back in 1968, they found time while Mayor Daley was out there preserving disorder, to just bump it up a little bit. And it equaled 1.1 back then. And little by little, they bumped it up just a tad every year until they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar in 1974 and they had to reset. And 1 plus 1 was 2 again for a little while until 1981 when they found a guy who was really good at making people believe 1 plus 1 was whatever he wanted it to be. And we went along with that because mostly whatever one plus one was at the time, this guy had a way of making us feel really good about it. So we didn't notice what those little bumps were doing to some of us. And these little bumps continued until somebody with a U-Haul truck and a belief that God told him that one plus one was 2.5 blew the front off a building. And... Yeah, that was the quiet part out loud. So they shut up for a little while. Things quieted down for a bit. But then something happened. One of the guys that got ejected in the great reset of 1974 decided he, he wanted to create a platform for all the folks that know that 1 plus 1 was whatever we say. And if you don't believe that, you're too stupid. T-W-O, stupid. They made up a nice little nickname, too stupid. So if you're being too stupid, you have mental problems. Being too stupid is a mental disorder. You know, you might even be what's destroying this country. And over the years, that number has been growing and growing and growing. Until some guy who deals with more zeros than anything else got elected president, getting people to believe that one plus one is five. And now you see how things start small and snowball. And they get crazier and crazier, and the people get more and more zealous, and it's time to insist that one plus one
1: equals two. Firmly. It is time to not be nice.
0: Now, I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to cancel anyone. I don't want to belittle anyone. I don't want to own the fives. As my dad used to say, you've got the right to be wrong, but you also have the responsibility of what being wrong means. And that is where the proofing meets the problem. And that's twofold. First, the fives believe there's no consequence for believing
1: one plus one equals five. And there is.
0: Two trains leaving Chicago. Ah, No, it's different. Second, and this is much more important. There are more twos than fives.
1: Objectively, there are more twos than fives. A lot more. And it is time to insist
0: that one plus one equals two. It is always equal two. It is two today. And it will always equal
1: two. Not maliciously. Not condescendingly. But kindly and firmly because at long last it is time to not be
0: nice next up so that happened you're listening to rolling Welcome back. And I, I have a question. Um, did anything happen this week? Were you checked out? I checked out. I, I did, you know. And I come back and it just, there's a mess. And, and there's, you know, there, there's stuffing all over the floor and, and the plates aren't, and the, dishes are done, dude. Yeah. So that happened. Listen, first off, Dateline planet earth cuz that's what it says on twitter. Elon Musk is limiting the daily number of tweets uh, users can read. Uh, and that happened on Saturday as thousands of users reported problems uh, accessing the site. Uh, in a tweet Saturday afternoon, Musk said verified accounts are limited to reading 6000 posts a day. Those are the folks that pay $8, okay? For unverified accounts, like uh showing here, the number drops to 600 posts a day and if you're a new unverified account that's 300 posts a day and he says the change is temporary (laughs) it's put in place to i'm not even going to try an elon musk impression to address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation it's the latest outage since he acquired the uh, media uh, social media site what late last year so there's a Steve Martin joke that I want to share with you uh, about the term one would use when they upgrade the thing you like but take away the thing you were using it for. They deproved it. Elon is clearly deproving Twitter straight into the flipping ground. So, I mean, could it be any more clear that uh, Elon bought it to kill it? I mean, really. It, it, I, how much longer... How much more Twitter can we how much more Elon can we endure? It may really be time to move on. Uh, Does anybody have a blue sky invite? I'm just, (laughs) I'm, I'm waiting. I'm on a wait list for blue sky and I'm waiting for that. But you know, Hey, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to turn down a gift. How's that? (laughs) Okay. Number two, dateline, New York city, CNN. ESPN is laying off about 20 high-profile sports commentators as part of a cost-cutting initiative, a source with knowledge of the layoffs told CNN. Among those let go, this, I don't believe this, really, honestly. Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson, Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, and LaFonso Ellis, Susie Kolber also announced that she'd been laid off. That was the most surprising to me, really. The cuts to Disney's global uh, workforce are part of a Multi billion dollar cost cutting initiative aimed at streamlining the company's operations. Yeah, they're right sizing. Isn't that the term? That's we're just we're right sizing. We're we're just making the company proportionate to the need. Oh my god. Company reported operating profit grew fifty-six percent to twelve point one billion last year. Just saying. ESPN said in a statement, given the current environment, ESPN has determined determined it necessary to identify some additional cost savings in the area of public-facing commentator salaries. So ESPN has a salary cap. Who'd think it? But I mean, Colbert's been there for 30 years and man, you did her dirty. 27 years, right? Almost 30 years. You did her dirty, man. Worst of all, the most annoying man in television got to keep his job. (laughs) did you look did you guys watch the match of the day when Gary Lineker was suspended and it was all just highlights and commentary Did, did you did you think that was a good look did you think that was a great idea sportscaster hosted by Chad GPT yeah that's a great look for you looking forward to it ratings gold Jesus Item number three, Dateline, UPI, more than 1,300 people were arrested and 79 police officers were injured overnight Saturday as anti-racism protests surged across France for a fourth consecutive night. The French Interior Ministry said 45,000 police and gendarmes, backed by light armored vehicles, were immobilized across the country as France reeled from the fallout over the shooting death of 17-year-old Nahel Merzouk, I hope I pronounced that right, I'm sorry if I didn't, Uh, He was killed by police during a traffic stop in a Paris suburb on Tuesday. Authorities said the French National Police. I'm sorry, I have Inspector Clouseau in my head. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, And the Paris police prefecture were also mobilized overnight to maintain and restore Republican order and to counter offenses and disturbances and Clouseau will not go away. (laughs) I'm sorry, Chief Inspector. President Emmanuel Macron posted a plan, uh, postponed a planned state visit to Germany scheduled for Sunday to deal with the continuing violence. Now, look, we all rag on the French, but I mean, dude, nobody riots like the French, okay? <laughs> Here's what it's like. it's like. It's like you're an old married couple, okay? And, and the guy... Just has decades of passive-aggressive, yes, dear, yes, dear, bottling up anger, and one day she says, you're using the wrong fork, and the next thing you know, you're, you've caused $50,000 worth of damage at the IHOP. Like that, just, just much bigger, you know? <laughs> Buckle up, kids. It is going to, uh, it's going to take a minute. And on a related note, can we, come here, come here. I, let's, let's just talk. It's you and me now.
1: Can we just be nice to Canada? Eh? Can we, can we do that? Because the day
0: they snap... I mean, it's been a long time. They just had Canada Day. So they're feeling pretty, you know, patriotic. The day they snap, it's going to rain blood and timbits for days. I, I, do you want to be... Do, I, I don't want to be here for that. Do you want to be... Let's be nice, eh? Stupid people are stupid. Coming up next, you're listening to Roll. Said it many times now. There are three things you can count on in this life death, taxes, and stupid people being stupid. Some items from the week that was. On a recent episode of this past weekend with Theo Vaughn, Roseanne Bora sat down. And uh, well, her comeback show was canceled back in 2018 because she was sending out racist tweets, right? Now she's made another comment, uh, telling. Von that nobody died in the Holocaust before adding, it should happen. Six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world. Now, it's unclear if she actually believed the Holocaust didn't take place or whether she was making a comment about what you are and aren't allowed to say online or... I want to be snarky. I really do. I mean... What happened to you? <laughs> I mean, look, I was not enamored of Roseanne Barr from the, from the get, okay? She just, that fat voice. Oh,
1: my God. It could strip paint at 50 yards.
0: She has said one line in all of her career that caused me to laugh, and it was a comeback HBO comedy special where she came out wearing this reflective silver outfit. Okay, I mean, it was just, I'm here, and she said, you know, people are starting to piss me off, and that was, that made me, genuinely made me laugh. Not one damn thing has she ever said other than that, that I have ever thought was funny. I, I, I think she, I think the first time I saw her was on a Rodney Dangerfield Young Comedian special back in the day when they did that every year. And um, I, 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 I blame Rodney. I do. There were so many other great comedians. Sam Kinison was uh, one of those young comedians back in the day. And um, he went on to do great things and a lot of drugs. But, and I miss him. I miss him. He was funny. He had one hook, but damn, was it a good hook. Anyway, can we just eject Roseanne Barr into the ether and we'll never speak of this again? Could we do that? Okay, good. Number two, no dateline on this, but uh, another one. Can we talk about Andrea Mitchell? Someone needs to check on Andrea Mitchell. Honestly, she's been around for about 50 years. She's 76 years old and she thinks Biden is too old to be president. Never mind that the other front runner for the race is 77, Biden for the record is 80. Also for the record, I remember how quaint it was that Ronald Reagan was 69 years old on inauguration day in 1981. But somebody needs to check on Andrea Mitchell, okay? I mean, it cannot be easy keeping track of a 97-year-old husband and wondering what part of Galt's Gulch he's in today and uh, staying awake. It it also uh, can't be easy keeping track of your point when you get word salad sidelined so goddamn always. <laughs> I mean, have you listened to her at noon on the MSNBC? I, I you you could be forgiven for not because I I can't anymore. The the a good ten minutes of the show is the first question. I'm exaggerating, but I mean she she gets lost in the middle and she come back and. I promise you, if I was ever a guest on that show, I just, I would never make it. It, No way. I I just, (laughs) I would be asking them to repeat the question so often. They would never invite me back because I just get lost in the middle of it. And I don't generally shout at my TV, but somewhere in the middle of her questions, I'm, I'm asking for the sweet release of death. So please, for the love of God, can somebody go check on Andrea Mitchell? Okay. Finally, again, uh, no deadline on the third item, but I would like to talk to you, the recently restricted daily users of Twitter. But anyway, um, hi, it's me. Are you, are you guys okay? <laughs> I'm asking because I feel like I need to say this. Um, again, come here, listen, listen to me, okay? You don't have to grab every piece of fruit that's dangled at you. You really don't. I, I, I know it's tempting, but you do So, put a um The GOP folks on Twitter, they do this a lot. The latest was esteemed Bird's Nest from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. She tweeted this on June 29th. This past weekend, CPB agents seized over 650,000 fentanyl pills at the southern border. Our nation is less safe under Joe Biden's open border policies. Now, okay, look, can we go back? Can we? Seized. Now, you know what seized means, A- and she knows what seized means, okay? Clearly, all the folks that jump into the thread on Twitter to go, actually, you all know what seized means, okay? But the point is, Marsh's social media team, you don't think she does that by herself, do you? Her-, her team knows that all of you are going to bite that hook every single flipping time. They're counting on that. You know the, the old saying, bad press is still press, you, you, right? Engagement is engagement. You're helping her. Starve these tweets of oxygen, okay? You're, I used to screenshot them and make my own snarky comments, but that's still giving them exposure, so I, I just stopped doing that. Just don't, don't engage, don't. Don't retweet, don't respond, just scroll on, and, and I will tell you how you know it's working. Okay, You will know that ignoring them and just scrolling on, you'll know it's working when they start whining about being shadow banned or censored again. Stupid people are stupid. God, that almost sounded like Paul, Paul Harvey. Good night. You're listening to Roly Last Laugh coming up next. Welcome back, kids. Hey, listen. Um, I'm gonna put Alan Bubba away for this week. And first of all, I want to tell you that um, I, since I started um, posting these on TikTok, um, I, I have gotten uh, a lot more engagement uh, on on posts because podcasts are podcasts are kind of uh, vague, and, and when it comes to that kind of thing. But to see comments and likes and things like that on these segments on Twitter. I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate that. And I hope that I can continue to uh, entertain you or inform you or piss you off. One of those things. So, Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So I want to, in this remaining segment, I want to tell you the story about how we got here. Um, There are a lot of new folks, again, thank you, TikTok, uh, who are experiencing the train wreck for the first time. So I I just want to tell you where the crazy comes from. I think I might've been four years old when I realized there was a little man inside the the car and he was playing seasons in the sun and, and he was talking about it. And I said that that's really entertaining. How do I get in there? (laughs) Fast forward a few years, um, living in Guantanamo Bay and every Sunday afternoon for years, even beyond moving from Guantanamo, uh, every Sunday I would be sitting at my desk with my desk lamp turned around backwards. And I was doing American top 40 along with Casey Kasem, uh, you know, just, and he had his stuff and, and, uh, I actually had the billboard chart. I, I figured out where they were. I went to the record store and he, he had them and I would do, I would do American top 40 along with him. Now, was I as knowledgeable as him then? No, no, I, I just was a bullshit artist, but I was doing it, you know? The other thing that I need to tell you is I have this running voice. I have a narrative that goes in my head. I, I don't know if I'm just riddled with the ADD or if I'm just freaking crazy, but I have an, a voice that just runs a, just a narrative of what's going on around me and through me and whatever. It, it has always been there. It's a, and, and I respond to it. And they come out as the different voices that you have heard. Now, you've heard Alan Bubba. And... Those were the first characters a- and they have always been with me. And it's at the point where I don't have to write for them anymore. I can ad lib those two as you
1: have seen. When
0: I graduated high school and I had a lot of friends, um, go away to college. Uh, I started making because cass- I, I writing letters. I just, I don't. Okay. Um, I made cassette tapes. I went down to the local uh, tr- uh, Tracks Records or whatever. Mother's, Mother's Records and Tapes was the name of it. And uh, I would buy um, a, a six-pack or five-pack of uh, Maxell 90-minute cassettes, right? You know, you know the ones. They got yellow and pink and all that. You, if you're all like me, you, you know the ones I'm talking about. And I would create on my double-decker boombox, I would create a story about the worst radio station in America. It was called Weird 101. And the uh, shock jock at the time, because shock jocks were still popular back then, was Jordan Quinn, who is really just,
1: we don't need to worry about him anymore. Okay. And
0: I made this long running story and at the end of the tape, I would talk about, you know, stuff that's going on. I, I would break character, as it were, and just give them a rundown of what's going around, around town and tell them I miss them. And there you go.
1: Somebody uh,
0: sent one of those cassettes to an AM radio station in Suffolk, Virginia. And they called me and they said, we would like you to come in and interview for a position uh, as a board operator to start, and, and would you like to come to that? I, I said, yeah, absolutely I would, because this is, this is my dream job. And I worked for WLPM 1490 AM in Suffolk, Virginia. And it was a really simple job. I had to do the news every hour, uh, create that. Uh, it was a satellite music network station back then. So it was all run on, on tones and, and eight you know, c- uh, carts and uh, all of that. And I didn't have to do much But I learned how to edit. I learned how to do, and back then it was razor blades and tape. You know, I learned how to record correctly. I learned how to run the board up. It It was, you know, it was fine. And then they decided they wanted me to do a little talk show.
1: So I did, and it was horrible.
0: It was horrible until I remembered that running voice that ran through my head. And it created a character named Gene Jenkins. Gene with a J, Jenkins with a G, and I want to be Suffolk's next mayor. And he was crazy. It was a, it was a character. And people actually, for some reason, (laughs) I can't imagine how, I got fired because, um, the owner of the station was running for mayor. (laughs) And I didn't know that. And apparently, I was making a fool. He thought I was making a fool out of him. Um, I, I kind of hopped around for a while, but then, you know, I got married and I had kids and, and you know, I, I ended up getting a respectable job, several actually. And I, I never got back into radio after that because radio had started changing. Uh, it is to what it is today, which is basically a jukebox with no soul. But podcasting was an opportunity. And 2006, I started, uh, well, we got to go back a little bit. Late 1990s, 2000, I created something called the Left of Center Internet Network. I had a bunch of podcasts, uh, radio shows. It was internet radio at the time. Uh, you would log into my website and you just hit the, the listen button and you would hear what I had served up for that time segment, 50-minute time segment. It was basically an SQL database But that became very, very hard to maintain, and then podcasting came along, and I said that is much easier. So we we did that, and I have been podcasting of one form or another since 2006. The first show that I did was called The American Smartass. Um, I have done the Left of Center show. I have done the Midlife, uh, the uh, Midlife Creative. I've done a bunch of a bunch of shows. The Left, you know. uh, I was on a station, um, my, one of my podcasts was on a station in Vermont, a sports, I called it the Sports Alec, and I created a story about the Manning family that I think is some of the best stuff I've ever written, and just amazing. That happened until Easter uh, one year, and they, somebody bought the station, and they were, they were like, thank you, and I was like, no problem, I'm good, I'm glad to have had the opportunity, and it was able, to, I was able to close out that Chapter in my life on my terms, not somebody else's. I tried to make a go of it as a podcaster full-time for a long time, and you know what? It's just, like I said, it's been gentrified. I am not the demo. I'm just a small independent guy, and I have to realize that, and now I'm just at the point where I just want to talk shit and have fun. That's all there is. And I want to thank you for letting me talk shit and have fun with you. And that's going to do it for this episode of Rolly. Remember, uh, on the socials, uh, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y, one name, all the same, on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, Twitter and, and TikTok, of course. And I don't, actually, just leave it there. Just leave it there. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting rid of my Facebook and my Instagram because I just can't handle it anymore. So, there's that. Uh, and um, ChrisRolly.com, which is my website where the, you know, things, you know, the home site where things flow from which all things flow and flow heavily. What? Question everything but the contents of a tuna melt, some shit you gotta take on faith, people. Stay solid. Bye.